This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average to Savage podcast. Our special guest today is co-founder and president of Overtime, Zach. Zach, how's it going? Good. How about you, Paul? Good, good. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's just jump right into it. Could you give me a little brief background about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I'm currently sitting uh, in my office in New York City, and I was born and raised here in New York City as well. Spent the first 18 years of my life here. Grew up a big sports fan, played a bunch of sports, and then uh, I went to Penn down in Philadelphia. Went there for four years. While I was there, I did sports radio. That's really how I sort of got my start um, in, in the world of sports media. And then while I was there, I started a, a website called The Sports Potion. I ran that for actually five years. And then when I graduated, I was still running it, but I moved back to New York City. And then a couple of years later, I started Overtime, which is what I'm doing right now. Gotcha, gotcha. You already answered my first question. What was that? I was going to say, what, what were your past experiences? And I wanted you to talk about The Sports Potion, so you already did that. <laughs> But, but, but what was your idea for it back then? I know you had, it was almost like, like the Facebook for writing or for sports writing. Yeah, so I mean, essentially the idea was, you know, I was a kid of 10 that loved sports, but wasn't super enthusiastic about the college scene. Actually, it's funny I say that now because I made plans tomorrow to watch the Quakers in the final four of the Ivy League tournament. So <laughs> it's not like I didn't care at all. But, you know, I really wanted to talk about my favorite teams from New York, which were, you know, the Knicks, the Yankees, the Jets, the Rangers, you know, and I felt almost like a displaced sports fan. So I decided I was going to start, you know, basically a sports blog talking what I thought was kind of smart talk about my favorite team. And then it kind of dawned on me, like, hey, maybe there are some other smart college kids that can write really well or can do podcasts or video. And they also sort of feel similarly. And they probably are really smart people, too, because they go to really good universities and probably going to go on to do finance or law or some more boring thing. But for now, they still are big sports fans, and maybe they have some time on their hands to do this stuff. So I recruited some of my best friends just to join the site and, and write and edit and stuff like that. You know, And then work sort of got around, and a year later, we had almost 100 writers from you know 50-plus universities. And then a year after that, we doubled in size. So you know, the hypothesis turned out to be pretty much right and yeah it was a really fun community to be a part of and a really fun site to run gotcha now i know after you graduated you had some a couple different jobs and then so what made you want to go back and like run your own company yeah for sure so what happened basically was i graduated and i was working on the sports quotient but it wasn't really enough to pay the bills so i was working on wall street at the same time and then i got approached by my current co-founder his name is dan porter who is the head of digital at wme now known as endeavor and you know he wanted to start something in the sports space while there and he sort of saw what i had done with sports quotient and (laughs) i knew about his previous successes with startups, and so we sort of teamed up, and I joined WME to launch what would end up becoming over time. We didn't really know in the beginning what it would be, but, you know, it was exciting to me to have sort of a different level of resources than what I had had with Force Motion, and Dan and I really aligned on our vision for what this could become. You know, as soon as we started working on it, it was very exciting. This was really the first time in my life I was able to fully, fully dedicate myself to my own project. Um, you know, for sports coaching, I was always in college or I had another full-time job. So it was very liberating for it to become a full-time focus for me. Yeah, definitely. Now, while you were at the full-time job, was there something that sparked it and you were like, I want to, like, work for myself? 
Um, I, I think I sort of knew all along that there was a good chance I would end up there. Yeah. Sort of just waiting for the right opportunity to strike. I mean, you know, when you're a 22 year old kid that just came out of college, you don't have any sort of built up wealth or anything like that. It's yeah. pretty risky to sort of just go on your own without any sort of backup plan. So when I was afforded this opportunity to join WME, but just sort of start working on what will become overtime, you know, even just from like thinking about it from a risk profile perspective, it, it was really great. I was able to sort of minimize my risk while still, you know, optimizing my upside and also my happiness. Definitely, definitely. And could you give uh, people that don't know what overtime is, could you explain it to us? Yeah, of course. So overtime is a sports network for the next generation of fans. So, you know, if, if you look at all the numbers, the next generation of fans, call that, you know, 13 to 30 year olds on sort of wider spectrum. They're not watching as much live sports. They're not watching as much of the legacy media companies, but they still love sports and they just want to consume it in different places, in different ways, with different talent and sometimes different athletes. And so that was really the thesis when we started overtime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so, so we started it as, you know, video only company. We realized that, you know, young people want to watch sports content they don't want to read as much and you know so so we, we cover four different sports we cover basketball soccer football and esports we do hundreds of millions of minutes of watch time every single month we reach about something like 30 million kids every single month we create content for instagram for snapchat for tiktok for youtube for twitter for facebook basically wherever kids are yeah. that's where we want to be and we've had we've had a good amount of success our engagement rates on those platforms are industry high we started to work with a bunch of different brands to help monetize that content we have a thriving commerce business where we sell shirts and hoodies and hats and stuff like that you know we've, we've run a couple of live events we're going to start to do more yeah so it's been a really really fun process and i'm excited to see where it goes yeah definitely i've been seeing it rapidly grow over the past few years so why, how did you come up with the name Overtime, or like why did you pick that? Yeah, uh, it's funny. When you, when you choose a name for something like, actually, I would say it was a sports quotient. As soon as we landed on that name, I was like, oh, this feels right. Like, SQ, yeah. Razor SQ, like we're making sports fans smarter. I was actually surprised that it hadn't been taken. And then when we came up with the name Overtime, honestly, like, I wasn't convinced that it was so much better than all the other names or that it really felt right. I was like, okay, well, this sort of works. And really, the, the premise was like, well, we want to cover the games, we want to cover what happens after the games, too, and that's sort of like overtime, like what happens after regulation, so to speak. I mean, we, we don't really talk about it in that literal way, but um, that's sort of where the name came from. And it's funny because now, like, you know, it's, it's funny you ask that because people don't even really ask about it anymore. It just yeah. sounds right. I think to most people, it's like, oh, yeah, overtime, like, that's who you guys are. And if you think about any, I mean, look, before ESPN became huge, it's like, what, ESPN, like, four yeah. letters? Been, like, what, what is that? So I think at a certain point, it's just, you know, as, as long as the name, like, has a ring to it in some ways, it sort of ends, just ends up working. People are like, oh, yeah, overtime. Like, they're not thinking, oh, it's called overtime. It just is overtime. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And was there any... uh close finalists to the naming? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. We, we considered, I, I wouldn't say final. I mean, I would say at the end of the day, overtime definitely stood out among the rest. But I mean, we, we brainstormed through a ton of ideas. One, one that popped to mind is Sideline. One that popped to mind is Rally. And it's so funny because like at the time, you know, you can make arguments. Like, oh, Sideline. Like, you know, we're right there on the sideline. Yeah. And then you can make the opposite case of like, no, we don't want to be on the side. We want to be in the game. And then Rally was like, okay, we're we're all about the fans and rallying around players and stuff like that. But like now I think about it and it's like, could you have a cool company called Rally? Like, is that even possible? 
So it's just, it's just funny how these sort of things work out sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And and was the original plan? I remember you guys had the, had the app, and it was it was mainly uh, high school basketball, correct? Yeah. So yeah, we've sort of come through an evolution. So yeah, I would say that in the beginning it was very app focused, and it was very high school, high school basketball focused. And in terms of the app, we actually have gotten rid of the app because yeah. we've just realized that the, the social platforms are so good, and that's what they're meant for. They're meant for viewing this content. There's billions of users on them. And instead, we've leveraged our technology for content capture. So, and this relates to high school basketball. So, so we're still probably the biggest in high school basketball, but we never really set out to become a high school basketball company. We use it sort of as an entry point yeah. into the hearts and minds of young people. And sort of once we did that, then we're like, okay, now we can expand to football and soccer and professional basketball and college basketball. So we're not really limited by sport or by you know sort of age. We are passionate about sort of this next generation of basketball stars, but we're also passionate about the next generation of soccer and football and esports stars. And the reason why we sort of transferred the technology as well is because when you think about you know high school basketball and the next generation of stars, it's very hard to capture video content of, of them, and it's never really been done in real time. It's like either like you know mm-hmm. once a year their game is on you know local television or ESPN if they're really good or whatever it is, but other than that, the only way to really view the games has been like you know, a coaching tool or something that, you know, the footage is available a couple days later. And we built this technology where basically we send a kid to a game, he pulls open his phone, and in real time he can send the highlights to our server. So last year when Zion was making all those crazy dunks in high school, mm-hmm. you know, two seconds after he dunked, we could have it on social media. And that sort of brought an excitement to the space that I think had never really been there before. Yeah, definitely. And I know, yeah, just like you said, you, you guys expanded and now you have, like, original content too, like, interviews and stuff like that and the esports and life at overtime. So what brought you to, like, create all that? I know, like, the esports thing is getting, like, huge. And I and I just was still one of your other interviews and I heard that you made the Fortnite team in, like, a week. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, we're trying to build the sports network for the next generation. We need kids all over the world to love overtime and to view it, you know, as a place where they watch sports content. And to be honest, you can't really do that just off of 15-second clips. Like, you can totally start to build some community and some brand building, and it's a very economically efficient way to do it, and it's a very fun way to do it. But, you know, if you want to be a sports network, yeah, you know, kids just can't be watching for 15 seconds. Eventually, we want them to be watching hours of overtime content a day. And obviously, content is expensive, so we don't produce hours of content every single day, but eventually we will. And so it's a process, but... We already have, I think, 16 series on YouTube, three on Snapchat. We program on, I think, I don't know, something like 10 different Instagram channels. You know, we create different content for TikTok than we do for Twitter. And so it's about really being holistic in our approach and creating content at sort of all different levels. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I just saw you recently acquired uh, She Hoops Network and you switched it to the women's basketball page. So what impact do you think that will have on the company? I mean, I think I think it's really important. I mean, I would say both from a business case and a, I, mean, I don't want to say moral case, but um, I would say even a personal case. Like, it, it's very important that, that we cover women's sports as well. I, I think it's more popular than ever. And these women have amazing stories, and they're also amazing on the court. So, you know, to be able to hire Chloe and, and work with her and, and growing out that channel is, is I think, going to be really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Pretty much a no-brainer, huh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> And, yeah, and I saw you're going global, too, and I saw you had a French page and a, a page for India, too, right? Yeah, I mean, the international opportunity is huge. I mean, uh, my co-founder was in France a 
couple weeks ago, and he was wearing an overtime shirt, and people were stopping him, and, you know, everyone across the world, let's put it this way, not everyone across the world, but there are people yeah. and kids across the world that love the overtime brand. So for us to be able to bring it to their country and show them stars in their own country and leverage our technology to do that, I think it's something really unique and really impactful. Yeah, definitely. Why did you pick uh, France and India? You know, just sort of doing some research, we saw that basketball is really exploding in those two countries. We also launched in Canada. So I think between those three, you get a really good, you get three different, very different markets. And you get some language barriers, some non-language barriers. So it's great for our experimentation. There's also good up-and-coming players in those countries. India, obviously, is probably other than China, the biggest market opportunity. So that's important. And then we, you know, we found good people there to sort of help launch it too. Gotcha. Are you are you planning on doing one for China too? You know, I, I, not not in the next couple of weeks or anything like that. Yeah. But I would say down the line, it's, there's a there's a definite possibility. Yeah, for sure. And I saw last year uh, Kevin Durant invested in the company. So, what kind of impact did that have? I mean, it's been great. Um, Kevin and his business partner Rich, they they they've been helpful. We've done a couple of video series with them. Uh, obviously, just learning their name to us is big credibility. They open up doors, so it's exciting to work with Kevin. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we kind of already touched on it, but how has overtime changed since you found it in uh, 2016? Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. It just feels so, so different. I mean, for one, I walk around our office, and, you know, we were five people back then, and now we're 70. So, it's you know, the, the size and the scale in terms of employees, in terms of, our audience in terms of the content that we're producing is just obviously massively different. And, you know, the way, I mean, that obviously impacts on the business side, but it also affects me in my personal life. Like, yeah. you know, to be honest, it's very cool to, you know, be able to walk down the street in an overtime shirt and for kids to freak out or to be at a networking event or a party or whatever it is. And people are like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that found it overtime. And it's very flattering and, it, it, you know, it's just a very nice feeling. So I'm very grateful by all the success that we've had. And it, it's not just me. It's my co-founders, our entire team, and of course, there's a lot of luck. Um, there's timing, there's all the support and mentorship that I've received, that we've all received, so there's definitely a lot that goes into it. Yeah, definitely. When I was doing my research, I didn't even realize it's only been like two years since you guys launched. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of wild. Yeah, and uh, what's your goals for 2019 and beyond? And I, when I also was just listening to the, the interview, I heard you guys want to create your own league. Yeah, um, so we've touched on a lot of the things. International is huge, I mentioned, but live events is going to become bigger for us, and I think that live events could eventually turn into a league. I, I think if you look at most leagues that have been started, some of them successful, some of them not. The things that can really help bolster a league are built-in audience and storytelling. And if you have those things, the league not just sort of like a drop in the pond where no one sort of knows about it. If you have millions and millions of people already following you, which we do, and you have the capability to tell narratives around that league and around teams and around the players, that's really differentiating, and I think kind of gives you an unfair advantage when you think about starting a league, so that's definitely in our future. Commerce, uh, increasing our efforts there, it's going to be huge. We have some collaborations that we're going to announce, you know, increasing our, our skew, um, and then just always thinking about how we can continue to support our fans, you know, whether that's better and more content series, getting more into to working with NBA players, 
going way deeper into esports. And then, you know, I want to make more money this year, too. I want to be working with more brands. I think the brands that have taken a leap of faith to work with us have seen an amazing return on their investment. So I want to continue working with partners that are excited to work with us. Yeah, definitely. And what advice would you give to inspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah, I would say, like, I would say the biggest hurdle that inspiring entrepreneurs sometimes have, and I have this problem, too, is, like, just getting started. Like, I think mm-hmm. the type of people that are entrepreneurs often are, like, perfectionists. Like, they're just really ambitious people. And those can sometimes be at odds. Like, if you want to do something perfectly, you're never going to get started. Because the first step you take might be a wrong step. And that's okay. Like, I think you have to get comfortable with making mistakes and sort of just, you know, in tech terms, putting out MVPs, putting out minimum viable products. Like, you got to put some stuff out, test it out, see if you like it, see if there's a market for it. I can't emphasize enough, like, how, how often you see people putting in way too much effort before they even launch anything or put something out into the world and see if there's actually any interest. Because the bottom line is you're not going to know until you actually try. Yeah, definitely. You just got to put it out there. Exactly. Are you ready for some fun questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, who do you think is going to be the next big uh, high school basketball star? Like, next Zion, next Lamelo? Great question. Um, I'll say, I mean, the, the cheating answer is Bronny James because he's technically not in high school, so he counts, but he's already mega. But I'll say Amani Bates. All right. What about, what do you enjoy watching more, college basketball or NBA? Uh, that's a tough one. I would <laughs> say growing up, NBA by far. Now, if college basketball has, like, a player that we've covered for a long time or someone the company has a relationship with, yeah. I would say it's tied but, I mean, man, I love – I mean, like, I was watching the Warriors-Rockets game, and I mean, I, I love the NBA, so it's, it's difficult. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's definitely cool seeing somebody that you follow from high school to college, and then you see him in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, honestly, I love watching Hawks games because Trey Young is, like, my guy, and I sort of believed in him, you know, when he was in high school, and now it's come to fruition, so that's been cool. Definitely, definitely. And could you name three basketball jerseys that you would want that you don't own? the first one where you said uh, uh, Trey Young's high school jersey. Yeah, that would be tough. I had, I had someone else uh, say a Barack Obama high school jersey. Ooh, that, that's very tough. Yeah, I would that, wear that. Yeah, that, that one was pretty cool. And last one, what do you like to do in your free time? I like to see my friends. I've been, you know, as an entrepreneur, you, you don't have a lot of time. Like, there's definitely a lot of truth to that. But, you know, and so honestly, there's a lot of people that I don't get to see as much as I would like. But when I do have time to hang out with my friends, I make sure that it's, like, really the people that I really care about um, and hold true and dear. So I, I spend time with friends. Um, I play a lot of basketball. Uh, I think, you know, staying physically active is a huge part of being successful and keeping your brain smart. 
and then when I can, I just kind of play chess. I played a lot of chess growing up, so right mm-hmm. now it's mostly online, but I hope to get back and play in tournaments as well. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and where can people find you in overtime at? Yeah, for sure. So whatever platform you're on, overtime is there, whether that's like a newer platform like TikTok or one of the older ones like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. So that's where you can, we're basically at overtime everywhere. And then personally, you can follow me on Instagram at overtime Zach. All right. Once again, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul.